Chapter Twenty Three of Curly by Roger Pocock. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read it by Matt Perard. Chapter Twenty Three: A House of Refuge. Looking back upon the whole discussion between the Duchesne and Ryan families, I see myself sitting around meek and patient, shy, timid, cautious, and fearfully good, and yet I got all the blame. Of course, I ought to have shot old man Ryan, just as an early precaution, so it's best to own up that I was all in the wrong for dallying. But after that, there was the massacre of the leading Grave City felons. I got the blame. Next came the hunting and escape of Curly and Jim. I got the blame. Furthermore, there was the flight of Curly and Jim from La Morita Prison, followed by business transactions with the frontier guards. I got the blame. And moreover, there was the sliding out of Curly, Jim, and the robbers from Cocky Brown's ranch at La Soledad, with certain vain pursuits by a posse of citizens. I got the blame. Lastly, there was the stealing of all the horses and a millionaire out of Grave City. I got the blame. Whatever happened, I always got the blame. It's plumb ridiculous. Now, taking this last case, what ground is there for supposing that I helped McCalmont's robbers? My movements all that night were innocent and unobtrusive travels. When doggone Hawkins went off with his tenderfoot posse to hunt ghosts, I naturally slid out for home. So I met up with McCalmont took charge of Cocky Brown's old buckboard, and delivered Curly at the back door of my cousins, the Mrs. Jameson. These ladies had to hear a whole lot, which was pretty near true, about poor Curly, and that consumed some time. Afterwards, they got scared all to fits by rushes of horsemen, dynamite explosions, and such diverting incidents, ending with the arrival of Shorty Broach to have his prickles pulled. Through this disturbance, I hid up with Curly in a cellar, and when there was peace, drove off alone with my saddled horse tied behind the buckboard. After an hour's search, I found the old Cordeline mine shaft and tipped the buckboard in, turning the team horses loose to graze their way back to La Soledad. My duties being all performed, I rode back just before dawn to my own home pasture at Las Salinas. There is the whole annals of a virtuous night, and yet these Grave City idiots defame my character, which it makes me sick. There's a habit which I caught from the old patron at Holy Cross, the same being to have a cold bath. Our Arizona water is mostly too rich for bathing, being made of mud, cow dung, alkali, and snakes but at los salinas i owned a little spring quite good for washing and such emergencies after my bath i felt skittish a whole lot younger than usual full of aching memories about getting no supper last night and pleased all to pieces to hear the breakfast howl these symptoms being observed custer proposed at once that i pay up the overdue wages and ute backed his play grinning ugly as for monty 
he was chipped in the face with a recent bullet and squatted heaps thoughtful over his pork and beans so you all want your pay they agreed that they did and custer passed me the biggest cup for my coffee all right you tigers says i after this grub pile we'll cyclone into town and catch what i've got in the bank i ain't no tiger this time says ute why yesterday i just rode up street to collect my washing and the weather was a lot too prevalent rain says i you surely didn't have rain well it splashed up the dust all around me it did that says ute but i sort of mistook it for bullets then those boys allowed that we was getting some unpopular in town but they had a gnawing awful pain in their pants pockets and nothing would cure that but wages they were sure good boys and it made me ache inside to see them want you boys says i suppose you collect these here wages yourselves and make your own settlement as how this ute inquires his homely face twisting around into strange new species of grins why you all knows every hoss i've got and your notions of value just you whirl right in boys and take what's coming to you in hosses instead of cash pay yourselves liberal and i'll sign the bills shame says monty do you think we'd take your pets in the end we agreed to go into partnership the which we did for those boys were as good as brothers from the moment i got into trouble monty is my partner still now in course of these details while we sat smoking cigarettes around the door of the cabin we saw a sort of dust cloud come rolling along out of the city which reminds me says ute that the grave city stranglers was proposing yesterday to come and hold a social gathering here mr davies they're aiming to hang you some we rolled the rain barrels into the house we toted bales of hay for barricades and let our saddle horses into cover then put in the rest of our time filling the water butts in all we had forty minutes to prepare for our guests but wanted a whole lot more you chalkeye says young monty in his thoughtful way you can talk the hind leg off a mule s'pose you make big war medicine to these here strangers until we're ready custer had got joyful as he always did when there was trouble coming making little yelps of bliss don't talk them off the range says he or we'll get no fight you he lay low saying nothing but he sure grinned volumes while he whirled in with his axe cutting twelve loopholes through the dobe walls i told custer to break a hole in the roof and get up there quick because the parapet had rain spouts most convenient for shooting monty was laying out the ammunition i was spreading wet blankets over the hay barricade in the front doorway and then the vigilance committee came slanting down for battle seeing that grave city was shot of horseflesh that morning these people had done their best with thirty head using them to haul wagons and buckboards full of men only the chairman was in the saddle he being old mutiny robertson who wanted to buy my ranch and not to burn it 
i ought to mention that this gentleman was a cherokee indian by birth a white man by nature and some time a robber himself he knew what sort of lightning had struck grave city during the night but his feelings did him credit and he kept his mouth shut as chief of the vigilantes he had to go against all his natural instincts but still he acted hostile and looked dangerous leading his men until he came up against my door you chaka he shouted i put up my head behind the barricade in the doorway wall says i this compliment gentlemen throws my tail high with pride put your hosses in the barn while i fix the breakfast these barricades says mutiny is intended hospitable eh chaka which says i they're raised in celebration of my thirty-third birthday as a token of innocent joy seems to me he responds that this year day is apt to be remembered hereaways as the anniversary of your quitting out from this mortal life these predictions of yours says i is rude you're due to die some right now he poked his gun come out i'm remarks says i on general principles that you all has come to mourn at the wrong funeral my obsequies is postponed indefinite now chalkeye says he it's no use arguing so you want to come out like a man we're full prepared to give you a decent turn-off and a handsome funeral i'm sorry to disappoint you gentlemen but i has other engagements and this is my busy day i listen to my boys getting ready keep them amused says monty we need three more loopholes if you don't come out says mutiny there's going to be trouble cause we're getting tired while mutiny i'd surely admire to know some trifling details first cause you've aroused my interest in this year celebration why for is my neck so much in need of stretching this year is frivolous argument says he we all is here to hang you not to waste time in debates you has my sympathy says i and i shares your poignant feelings about not wasting time what's the use of a necktie social without an appropriate victim now there's young mose balls beside you which i don't like the look of his neck the same being much too short for a stand-off collar what's the matter with hanging moses bowls come out says mose or we'll burn your den you horse thief being possessed of genius moses you'll now proceed to set my doby home in flames the glare of your fierce eye is enough to burn brick walls bullet whizzed past my ear and i got mad ready yelled monty give the word and we fire and now says i you innocent pilgrims you've given me heaps of time to get my twelve men ready you've got three men in your posse who could hit a house from inside the rest being as gun-shy as a school of girls i've got a bullet-proof fort with the twelve best shots in arizona and if you don't get absent quick i'll splash your blood as high as the clouds i'll give you two minutes to get out of range the weaker men began to rabbit. The best of them saw a whole row of loopholes with projecting guns. The leaders were holding a council of war. One minute, says I, 
then turned to shout to my garrison men on the roof pick out the leaders to kill when i give the word men on the right shoot all hosses you can or them reptiles is due to escape men on the left attend to mutiny ninety seconds ninety-five seconds half the grave city crowd was stampeding for the wagons the rest were scared of getting left afoot one hundred seconds mutiny's counselors were breaking for cover one hundred and five ten ten more seconds mutiny turned and bolted one two three when i give the word ready fire we sprinkled the tails of the stranglers until there was nothing left to see but smoke and dust nobody stayed to get hurt my cousins the two mrs jameson admit right free and candid that my past life is plumb deplorable that my present example would corrupt the morals of the penitentiary and that my future state is due to be disagreeable in a place too hot to be mentioned they remark that my face is homely enough to scare cats that my manners and customs are horrid that my remarks are a whole lot inaccurate and that most of my property is stolen goods at the same time they say that i am nice and there i agree with them my face may not amount to being pretty my virtues haven't reached the level of bigotry but i feel in my bones that i'm a sure nice man being nice i aim to be liked i hunger for popularity and that is just where i blame the grave city stranglers i've been misunderstood i've not been appreciated but why should i be taken out and lynched it's plumb ridiculous now i don't claim that i had any mission to reform the morals of the vigilance committee which they have none or to correct their views the same being a whole lot steeped in error neither would it be right for me to encourage them in the evil work of stretching my neck on a rope or to lead them into the temptation of shooting me any more when one gets disliked and discouraged by the hostile acts of mean people one needs to have presence of mind and plenty absence of body wherefore i did right in rounding up all my livestock and quitting a locality where my peace of mind was disturbed with the ropes gunfire and other evil communications i took my riders and my herd away north to where we could graze peaceful and virtuous amid the untroubled solitudes of the superstitious mountains there was work to do a drive of a hundred and seventy miles with slow-moving stock then scouting for water and feed on the new pasture a permanent camp to make and much besides which filled up four good weeks afterwards i tracked a mountain sheep up to the bare heights where all the rock was glazed with lightning and the desert lay below me i sat on my tail to think feeling lonesome then looking east toward texas and wondering if my poor old mother was still alive westward the sun was setting and that way lay the great pacific ocean bigger than all the plains where the ships rode herd upon their drove of whales i wanted to see that too but then i looked southeast the way i had come through valleys of scrub and cactus there somewheres beyond the hills was my little ranch and all the good pasture away to holy cross my heart was crying inside me but i didn't know what i wanted until i thought of curly 
sure enough i wanted her most of all next morning i told all my boys good-bye and streaked off to go see curly i rode till dusk and camped with texas bob a friend of mine who told me i was sure enough idiot for getting outlawed next evening i came to the house where my cousins lived and crept in the dusk to scratch at their back door i found miss blossom jameson all in a bustle as usual which looked mighty natural she was in the back yard feeding supper to her horse and that poor victim leaned up against the fence to groan there were corn stalks in it cabbage leaves lettuce leaves tea leaves and some relics of ham and eggs now just you sail right in mr hoss and don't act wasteful or you'll go without it mr horse took a snuff at the mess then backed away disgusted well if that don't beat all now you hoss you don't want to eat the flower beds or you'll get murdered mr horse turned his back and sulked there that's what i call mean spirit and i'm going to lock you up you and your supper till one of the two gets eaten i don't care which so the lady chased mr horse into the barn and threw the pig feet in after him i'll learn you to know what's good says she and slammed the door on his tail well she stood with her back to the door and threw up her nose at the sight of me i do wonder says she that you dare to show your wicked face i allowed that my good face was getting a bit mended since our last encounter how's my kid says i you're savage you mean now don't you say you brought pet tigers this time or tame dragons cause i'll have no more strays at all i've got a roan hoss here who's run a hundred miles since daybreak bring him in then he says he's a vegetarian and can't eat ham and eggs i don't care says miss blossom we killed our pig today and the slops has just got to be eaten waste is ruined my hoss says he'll eat the slops ma'am if he can have a drink of whiskey along with the supper hmm. so you want your vile debaucheries in spite of all i told you against drink well i suppose you'll have it she ran off to fetch the liquor which gave me time to bury her salad in the manure heap and get a decent feed of cornstalks down from the loft then i used the whiskey to rub down my weary horse the same being medicine both for man and beast i had some myself while miss blossom stood by talking of wicked waste and how curly had been neglected why she moaned like a man then a girl s'pose ma'am says i that you've been working in a stable and got shot then run into jail and pulled out through a hole in the wall and doctored by a robber and chased around the hills my habits are set says miss blossom so i can't suppose any such thing but that wig of curly's that skirt those now did your robber baron steal those things off a scarecrow or did they grow by themselves then she grabbed my hands there says she that's off my mind so don't look worried the dear little soul she's the bravest sweetest thing and the way she bore all that pain why you or any other man would have sat around cursing all day and groaning all night but curly 
why she never even whimpered now i ask you is it possible she shot those two men i can't believe a word so it's no use your talking was miss pansy very much scared with curly's talk miss pansy my good man is a fool although i say it of all the romantic nonsense and sentimental but thunder she writes poetry my dear and that accounts for her why if i hadn't locked her up in her room that woman would have sent off a poem all about lady outlaws to the new york sunday companion i burned the stuff and she had to go off in hysterics shucks she puts curly off to sleep every night with her fool poems and such trash now there she is with her glue glue harp singing to curly if she don't be cats you listen away off in the house i could hear miss pansy's thin little voice and glue glue harp i thought it sounded fine laws stole or strayed on tuesday night the finder tries to hind it a woman's heart he has no right and there's a love inside it the owner fears twas snatched away but this is a reminder that she is quite prepared to pay one half with thanks to find her miss blossom led me to the house you come right into the settin room says she and keep your tearin spurs off my new carpet i did my best about the spurs but it would take an indian scout to find a safe trail across that parlor floor the same being cluttered up with little fool tables these same tables were of different breeds three-legged two-legged one-legged tumble over all to pieces trip you up and smash the crockery so it was a sure treat to watch miss pansy curving around without the slightest accident her paws were folded in front her tail came swishing behind her head came pecking along in fashion and her smile was sweet enough to give me toothache oh she bubbled i'm so glad you didn't get lynched by those horrid men who never wash themselves or think of serious things and it's so nice to see you looking so brown with that beautiful cherry silk kerchief round your neck and the wonderful leather leggings and that dreadful revolver so picturesque so you're making a fool of yourself says miss blossom and the man wants feeding picturesque bosh shoo she chased miss pansy out of the room as to curly she lay on the sofa kicking high with joy chalka she howled you old hoss thing keep your tearing spurs off my new carpet you picturesque beautiful leather-faced cock-eyed robber wear tables or they'll bite your legs oh gimme your paw to shake and throw me a cigarette look out that chair's going to buck i sat on the edge of the chair and grabbed her hand while she called me all sorts of pet names then it seems that miss pansy broke loose from miss blossom and came surging back for she heard the pet names and shrieked oh oh stop what frightful language oh please if you're a lady remember oh mr davies you mustn't let her smoke curly says i you're shot and you've got to be good in a small voice or good says curly i'm a wolf i come from bitter creek the higher up 
the worse the waters and i'm from the source and it's my night to howl yeah well miss pansy shrieked i call it disgraceful so there i don't care says curly i won't be good in a small voice and i'll call this dear old hoss thief all the names i please why chaka and me punch cows at holy cross say chaka do you remember when i stuck burrs in under your saddle and you got pitched to glory why that's the very old hat i shot full of holes and oh i do enjoy to see you so much you dear old villain then miss blossom dragged miss pansy away to cook supper and curly settled down with her little paw in my fist my habits says she is a sure scandal and i ain't got no more manners nor a bear my language ain't becoming to a young gentlewoman and my eating would disgrace a pinto hoss they can't refuse me a little bit and when i tries to set up on my tail and look pretty they tell me rebukes for crossing my legs like a cowboy oh take me away old chalkeye take me away to the range in the camps to feel the night frost again to sleep with the stars to see the sun come up to ride in the heat this roof sets down on me at night i can't see for walls i can't get air to breathe these ladies has roped me and thrown me tied down for brandon ears in the dust oh take me away from this when that bandage is off your arm i'll take you curly not till then she had scarcely strength yet to travel and yet if she fretted like this at being shut up in a house would she ever get well at all when i reflect what curly looked like then it makes me wonder what sort of raging lunatic i had been to leave her in that house by way of disguise she had a wig all sideways and female clothes which she'd never learned to wear they made her look like a man her skin had the desert tan she moved and talked like a cowboy but most of all her eyes gave her dead away the steel-blue eyes of a scout more used to gunfights than to needlework which bored right through me only a frontiersman has eyes like that only the outlaw has the haunted look which comes with slaying of men and curly was branded that way beyond mistake this poor child was wanted as mccalmont's son hunted like a wild beast with a price on her head for murder and for robbery under arms and yet she was a woman say curly i asked what has these ladies done to account for your being here in their home she reached to a table and gave me cuttings from the weekly obituary i failed to read these the burial of buck hennessy at la soledad doggone hawkins report of not finding robbers the rescue of mccalmont's prisoners out of the jim crow shaft and the story of the posse which tracked the robbers north until the signs scattered out all over the country and every trace was lost the attempt of the stranglers to lynch a horse thief at las salinas the same being me then came a paragraph about a young lady staying at the home of the mrs jameson we are informed that miss hilda jameson of norfolk virginia arrived last week on a visit to her aunts the mrs jameson 
we regret to hear that on her journey westward this young lady met with an unfortunate accident being severely bruised on the arm by the fall of a valise out of an upper bunk in the sleeping car this bruise has developed a formidable abscess which the mrs jameson are treating by the peculiar methods of christian science of which craze they are well-known exponents for our part we would suggest the calling in of a doctor but as these ladies are way up experts at nursing we trust that their efforts will be successful and that in a few days more we shall see the young lady around enjoying all the pleasures of grave city society in the meantime miss blossom jameson wishes us to say that the patient needs absolute quiet and friends are requested not to call at the house until further notice as to the pleasures of grave city society says curly i'm plumb fed up already suppose they dream that i'll go back to shovelin manure in that stable i asked her if there had been any visitors at the house they came every day to inquire and miss blossom insulted them regular in the front yard now they've quit but nobody saw these ladies meeting a guest at the train no but you should hear miss blossom telling lies out there in the yard she's surely an artist curly says i pull that wig straight and hide up that scar in your brow can't you even pretend to act like a lady like a woman you mean you're not safe you'll be seen by some gossip through the window you'd ought to hole up in the bedroom and choke i'd as lief get choked with a rope think of the risk i reckon a little excitement keeps me from feeling dull now don't you look so solemn with your eye like a poached egg or i'll throw my wig at y'all say chalkeye do you calculate the loud made them two old ladies vicious why for looks to me as if they was born broke in and raised gentle with little lace caps on their heads and mittens on their pasterns i've been thinking fearful hard trying to just imagine miss pansy bad s'pose she was to kick or strike or rare up or buck or pitch or sunfish around to kill and miss blossom she only makes believe to be dangerous to hide up her soft old heart are real ladies all like that well usual they don't bite i was raised wild curly lay back tired my tribe are the young wolves and i reckon when the lord was serving out goodness he was sort of shamed lest we claim our share he must be plumb busy too with his own people telling him their prayers why these two ladies requires whole heaps of attention i allow their souls must have got out of order a lot cause they has to put in enough supplications to save a whole cow camp entire they're so plumb talkative that a way that i can't get a prayer in edgewise she was getting tired and sleepy so i sat quiet watching then somebody came outside hammering the front door and i pulled my gun to be ready in case of trouble End of chapter twenty three